This is the Coors Light Cyclones Coaches Show. Live from the Great American Sports Cafe in Kenwood. Now, alongside head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi. Here's your host, Nick Well, kind of, kind of. Jared Scaldi will be with us. Welcome in. This is the final Coors Light Cyclones Coaches Show of the season. Glad you could make it in. I'm Nick Brunker, voice of the Cyclones. Normally, to start the show, we are joined by the head coach. But tonight, he had uh, a couple things he had to take care of before uh, coming to the show tonight. He will do the second half as opposed to the first. And so what we will do is welcome in the man of the hour. He, last night, was able to post four points, two goals, two assists, including the game winner, and perhaps, perhaps, save the Cyclone season. His name is Corey Conacher, a Canisius College product. Give it up once again for Corey Conacher. Thank you. Welcome in. Thank you. So obviously it's been kind of a, a busy couple of weeks for you. You get a signed ATO, which is an amateur tryout agreement with Rochester. You get a couple of games under your belt. You score a goal. Then you get released from that knowing that you're going to sign an ATO with the Cyclones. You do that, and in your first game you post four points. How about that? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it's been a good experience. Um, <laughs> the last, last couple of days um, I've, I've got to know, uh, know a lot of players and, and different coaches, uh, Jared Scaldi and – um, Chuck Weber and um, you know the guys I've been with the last couple of days have been uh, really warming and um, they've helped me uh, you know adjust to the game and um, so I gotta give, give a lot of credit to them and um, here in Cincinnati I got Carl Hudson so that's right uh, former teammate yeah. we'll ask about we're gonna ask about that in a bit because I, I know having a chance to, to go to school with a, with a player like him and experiencing a lot of things together as a teammate uh, we'll ask you some questions about, about good old Carl Hudson and about his days in college. Coming up in a bit. Uh, also, don't forget, of course, our last home game of the season is on Friday against Kalamazoo. It's Fan Appreciation Night. It's City Barbecue uh, Fan Appreciation Night. We'll have dollar sodas, dollar pizza, dollar hot dogs, 50-cent popcorn, and a bunch of other great, uh, great giveaways throughout the night. In fact, uh, among them, among the giveaways, we're going to have a bunch of signed merchandise, $50 gift cards, 10 of them at, at Thornton's, and then a four-person season pass to Entertainment Junction, four of those. Uh, plenty of other giveaways throughout the night, and, of course, hopefully, by then, the Cyclones will have clinched a Kelly Cup playoff spot as well, so we'll be able just to enjoy it and not have to be worried a lot like we have been the last couple of weeks. So uh, we'll discuss that as we move through. Herb has the live mic as well, your last chance to ask the players and the coach when he does arrive any questions before we move on. All right, well, take me back to your to your early days uh, before you decided that, that maybe pro hockey was, was what you wanted to do. I'm sure everybody growing up wants to, to play, but was there a point in time for you uh, that you kind of knew that, that – you're going to make that uh, make that goal a reality and try to pursue a, a career in professional hockey. When was that for you? Um, well, you know, uh, dealing with my size throughout my career, it's it's been tough, and um, I really didn't think I'd get an opportunity like this just because of my size. But you know, the game's changed, and um, you know, I got I got speed and I got um, um, a skill set that can can take me a distance, and um, uh, I think it was uh, probably my first year juniors in Burlington, in Burlington Ontario. I'm uh, playing with the Cougars, and um, you know I, I felt good playing with the the older guys. I'm I was only a 17 year old, so it was um, it was it was tough adapting that in the in the first place. But then uh, sure. um, once once the season got going, and um, I felt that I could fit in pretty good. And even even though there was guys a couple inches taller than me and maybe um, weighed more more than me, but you know it's. Um, you know, like I said, the game's changed, and um, since then I've, I've kind of fit in pretty well. Does that change the way that you have had to prepare as a player? I mean, you, you talk about the, the game being changed, and it certainly has. 
Uh, but from a preparation standpoint, uh, I, I imagine that you have to work that much tougher. Uh, so in situations where you may get battled up into the corners, that you can you can have the leg strength to fight through those things and, and just kind of go against those big type of players like the Grant McNeils of the world and, and others and the, uh, Simone Donnie Peppins, who are 6'7", which is rare in hockey, but still uh, a smaller guy versus a bigger guy, you got got to work that much harder just to stay with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not the guy that goes out and tries to make a big hit on on every shift, but um, you know, there's gonna be cases where I'm gonna have to hit a guy, and um, you know, I do a lot of training in the summer at, at, at Twist Conditioning in Burlington. And, um, Carl Hudson does it with me, so um, we work out we work out there a lot. And um, for me, my leg strength is important mm -hmm. um, just because of my size, and um, you know. When there's guys like I played McGratton um, last two nights ago, and um, he was he was a monster. But you know, <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta be uh, be prepared for that and um, going to the corners, um, no matter what, just to get that puck. And it's it's important to um, show confidence and not to be scared to yeah. um, want to succeed in a, in a sport like hockey. So. I had a question too when I read your stat line, and obviously when you get to know players and, and, and you get kind of a, a backstory on them. It's always interesting to hear their, their decision process, especially when they're from Canada like you are, uh, when you have a, a player who decided to go to college uh, as opposed to go to the junior routes. Now, we've debated about this. Anybody that's been to the show throughout the course of the year debated whether one is better than the other, one changes the way you play as a pro versus the other. But I guess what made you decide after living in Canada uh, and growing up there uh, to, to play college hockey in the States as opposed to going the junior route? Um, well, you know, I, di I didn't get drafted uh, my draft year in, in Canada, and um, uh, that was probably had to do with my size, and um, I was really just a, a young kid. I was playing actually minor midget double-A my draft year, so it wasn't, wasn't a big deal, and um, uh, when junior came, uh, Kenesha's college coach, Dave Smith, and Mike Mankowski, they, uh, they showed a lot of interest in me sure. um, playing in Burlington. And, um, you know, I didn't really know much about the, the state's hockey um, at that time, and um, you know, I looked into it, and um, I saw that there were guys similar to me playing in uh, playing in the states, and uh, that's kind of what helped me made my decision. Sure. Um, the coaches were um, warming, and uh, uh, um, they gave me an opportunity to play right away, and um, I took it, and uh, I kind of ran with it. And I mean, it's only uh, Canisius College is only an hour away from my home, and. So I got a lot of fans and family uh, sure. to come out to the game. So that was huge as well. All right, before we uh, ask you some questions about your good buddy Carl, uh, I want to ask you a little bit about last night because you have that four-point night. And, and any time that, that you, can, you can do that, it, it just it kind of raises eyebrows across the league. And for yourself, uh, getting a chance to jump into a mix immediately, literally off, off the, the long um, car ride that you had to get in uh, and now onto the ice and you instantly make an impact. Uh, I guess take me back to that moment. Uh, I believe it was three minutes and a handful of seconds away from the end of regulation. Tie hockey game. Toledo has come back to tie the game with two goals, uh, one of which was, uh, frankly, one of the, the better moves I've seen all year with uh, Brian Rufinock deking by the defender. So it was a, a legitimate goal. Then literally two minutes later, you cut into the zone, probably just thinking you're forechecking. Mm -hmm. Take me from that moment and then carry it through the goal. Um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, their D had on their stick. Uh, he was pretty controlled with it, and I kind of just came in the zone. And, um, you know, I, I forced him to, to make a play and unfortunately lost the puck. Well, fortunately <laughs> for me, he lost the puck. Um, and, you know, he just left me all alone in front, and the goalie kind of came up for a poke kick, and I just uh, I raised it up over him, and, and that, that's that, I guess. I mean, it's one of those things, too. I, I imagine you, you kind of 
where your eyes were probably like pizzas. I, I can't believe I just got this. I can't believe I just got this. And I think it's a credit too. And, and sometimes you see this uh, across all levels of hockey, but specifically in the, uh, the NHL, AHL, and of course in the ECHL, some players think they have less time to, to basically move the puck than they really do. So either they take one less step or one more step, depending on their situation, they react in, in a bad, bad timing. You actually had that opportunity. You picked it off. You looked. You found the hole that you wanted, and then you, you roofed it. So uh, I think it's a credit to you for being able to do that. What went through your mind when you got the puck? Did you, did you know where you were going to go with it, or did you just look for something and try to find it there? Um, you know what? I didn't know. Um, you know, I, had that, I did have that time uh, to make a move. I thought... Um, I thought I'd have to shoot it right away, but, you know, their guy, I don't know if he fell or just he was going, all his momentum was going forward, so he gave me a lot of time to uh, make a decision. Sure. Um, I saw the goalie make, make a quick move forward, so that's when I knew he'd leave some space up top, and, um, you know, I, I found the water bottle, <laughs> water bottle I guess. Yes. And, um, and it was it was a big victory for the Cyclones. Absolutely was. It, it really, and it's hard to say it really did save the season, but at the same time, it, it wasn't, a, we're not in, we're not out, but at the same time, it really did make a, a huge difference. We'll talk about all that in just a bit with the coach. Herb is here, and he has some questions for you, and perhaps you have some as well. Stop on up and grab the mic. You can ask your question. Herb, you go ahead. Sorry, Herb, go ahead. <laughs> Wrong Welcome dial. to Cincinnati, number one. Thank you. Uh, how did you end up in the Cyclones organization slash Rochester? I understand uh, Jared was scouting you even before Chuck. Is that correct? Um, I'm not sure, actually. I have, uh, I have uh, agents slash advisors. I know we have to have advisors or family advisors in college. And um, at the end of the year, um, you know, they were working really hard for me. And um, there was a couple of different opportunities um, but I felt, you know, f with the Florida Panthers making a lot of moves and, um, you know, them giving me a chance to play in Rochester for a, co for a couple games and then coming down here to, the, to Cincinnati and, um, you know, going for a playoff run, um, I think it just gave me that. That's what gave me the, um, you know, decision. That's what this, uh, my decision, you know, was based on is making a playoff run with Cincinnati. And um, I saw the success they had last year and, um, I, I knew Josh Heidinger. Um, he went to Canisius. He, um, he enjoyed it. And um, since being here, Carl took me, um, you know, downtown. He took me around the town. Um, this is a nice place. And um, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and hopefully we can uh, win another championship in Cincinnati. Sorry. Nick, are you awake over I'm there? just trying to make sure we don't have one of those moments like we did at the beginning of the year where <laughs> oh, yeah. nothing worked. Nothing worked. Just working on it. It's the last show. I, I gather you're probably rooming with Carl? Um, no, actually. I think we tried to hook it up. Um, I've been <laughs> with them. <laughs> uh, I, I won't go about, about the hookup. Okay. But what do you think of his YouTube uh, celebrity status? Um, yeah, I mean, he showed me it. He, I was one of the first to see it, I think, uh, before it even got on YouTube. Um, you know, I didn't expect that from Carl at all, but I, it actually turned out okay, I think. <laughs> Do they have a class for that at Canisius? Um, you know, he did some class. He did badminton. He did uh, physical education. I don't really know what classes he did. You played you play badminton, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Impressive. He took some, some different classes than I did in Canisius. So, he, I mean, you never know. He might have took some kind of music class in Canisius that, that I was unaware of, and I guess that's what it got down to the video. <laughs> 
with your quick start, you know, four points in the first game, uh, which line were you playing on? I did not make the trip up. Um, I started with um, Eves and Zabby. Uh, he's got a long last name. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Piero Zabatel. There you go. Yeah. Um, or uh, hyphenated. As yeah, exactly. Call. Some people just call him CPZ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but then, you know, um, Sprout got injured and uh, a couple guys got penalties. And, um, you know, I played with pretty much everyone on the ice. And, um, you know, the guys when I got there were, were very warming and, um, I got to know him right away, so we had we had some kind of instant chemistry, and uh, I guess it all worked out in the end. So with this week's two games against the same team, Kalamazoo, where do you think you'll end up at the end of Friday night in points? I won't ask for goals, but for points or plus minus. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I'd rather just win. As long as we win both the games, then I'm happy. Um, it doesn't matter how many points it is. You've done this before. <laughs> you, must have, you must have done this before. I mean, I've, I've done a couple of interviews before. <laughs> well, welcome to Cincinnati. Here's hoping that you can continue on but now and into the playoffs. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it, Herb. If you have a question for Corey, you can stop on up, grab the live mic before we move along and grab Carl Hudson and Coach Scaldi, who I believe is in the house now. We will talk with him in just a bit. Uh, all right. Now it's time, I guess. It's not really like it's, – it's, I guess I could call it like the newlywed game, but that's not the right word. But <laughs> the idea that, that you guys room together, you, you played in college together. Well, let's see how well you know Carl Hudson. Okay? Okay, I'll try. All right. So you, you can give a thumbs up, Carl, or a thumbs down if, if, he's, <laughs> if he's correct. Carl's favorite food? Um, a chicken finger sub, barbecue chicken finger sub. <laughs> Was that a yes or a no? Some, it's, it's pretty good. All right. Favorite TV show? This might be embarrassing, but it could be The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> That's a guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Favorite movie? Um, never Back Down. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's see. Let's see. What else could I ask? Um, does anybody else have one that we want to ask? Anybody? Anybody? No? No? no. Go ahead. No? What I was going to ask was really, it does, it's not the, the same as the game, but, but biggest pet peeve of, of Carl's that you have? Um, I, it'd have to be seeing his facial hair in the, in the sink <laughs> in my bathroom. I don't think you're going to have to worry about that. I think he's growing his playoff beard, if I'm not mistaken. I can see that. Uh that. You should have seen him. You saw the video. You saw his his beard in the video. That was a pretty epic beard. More about that perhaps in a bit when we talk with him about his playoff beard. Do we have more time? Herb, do you have any more uh, possibilities? I'm staying out of this one. Oh, come on. (laughs) All right. Well, we really appreciate you being with us, Corey. Obviously, we wish you the best of success. And certainly, if you can follow up at Four Point Night with a a couple of more, I think that'd be good for everybody. (laughs) Best of luck. Give it up for Corey Conacher, everybody. When we come back, we'll be with Carl Hudson. Cyclones defenseman will join us next as the Coors Light Cyclones Coaches Show continues in a moment. This is CyclonesHockey.com. This is real as it gets. I'm on the clones, everybody. Don't you ever forget. I'm on the clones, and we're gonna win again. We got black and yellow themed equipment. I'm the king of the ice on the clones, like Ego with your wrong Toledo. Watch out for me, Get up, this team is for real. I'm on the ice, not land, everybody. I score goals, not Sing along, why don't you? I'm good. 
<laughs> That's Carl Hudson. He's on the video. Rapper extraordinaire. Give it up for Carl Hudson. How is that for you? Take me back to that moment in time when I would imagine that, that Lamo, uh, Scott Lehman, comes up to you and says that you're, you're, you're invited to be a part of the video. Apparently, you weren't expecting to be in this video when it first kind of uh, became a reality as opposed just to an idea on a, on a piece of paper. Um, yeah, I guess TJ Fast was supposed to have my part, and um, he got called up in the morning that we did um, the music for the video. Uh, he came up to me and said, do you want to sing in the music video? I'm like, <laughs> I guess. I've never sang before, but I'll try. Not even in the shower or anything? Uh, no. With the boys, everybody? No, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just say so you know, I try. So I said, yeah, I'll give it a try. What was the recording situation like? Because it, obviously for those people that have heard the, the video too in its entirety, that's actually, that's actually you and actually Lehman and, and a bunch of other guys. I think Olsen sang part of it as well. But there were a lot of guys that, that actually went into a recording studio and recorded the thing. Yeah, it was, uh, I believe it was me, Lamo, Olsen, uh, and Sprout who went to a recording studio. And about four hours later, we had <laughs> three minutes of, uh, of a song. And so now can you, can you actually like sing it verbatim? Like, do you have it in your mind now? Yeah, I know it by heart. All right, well, let's see. I think. Don't put me on the spot. Here right. we go. I want you to sing along. Or at least go along with it. Let's see how, let's see how good take. he is. And this is my favorite right. part. I mean, I know, I know my parts. I don't know. And All right. Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Get your towels ready. It's about to go down. Everybody in the place, get on your feet. And cheer for your Cincinnati Cyclones. This is easy. This is the easy part. I'm on the clones. I'm on the clones. Everybody look at me because I'm playing for the clones. I'm on the clones. I'm on the clones. Take a good hard look because I'm playing for the clones. Yeah. I'm on the clones. Everybody take a look at me. Look at me. Floating on the ice. Everyone can see. Busting seed cuts. Wind whipping in my flow. You can't stop me because I'm going straight to the show. Nick, I got a new stick. We drinking so much Gato because it's so crisp. I got my Sim Bombs and my Vapor 40s. I'm on the ice, you at the club trying to pick up shorties. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. How about that? <laughs> now, <laughs> you mentioned how it took you four hours. How many times did you have to recut that when you were doing it? Oh, when I was doing it, it actually probably took me about three hours or three and a half <laughs> hours and took Lamo about half hour to do his part. Really? Yeah. So he's, he's got a little bit more of, of the music touch. Yeah, huh? I was struggling. Now, I asked you before, and I'll ask it to you again. After this, it is nationwide now and worldwide even. We've gotten people all across the world looking at this. We have over 33,000 hits on this thing since, uh, since we launched it in, uh, in what was it? Uh, probably mid-February, I believe it was, right before uh, we went on that long road trip. It was one of the games. Uh, and obviously, it's not quite as high as the Belfast Giants one, but I think it, once it hits viral again, once it kind of gets through its cycle again, it, it may kind of launch over, over the Belfast Giants video. It's a, it's a high, high undertaking. But I guess for you now that you have made your, your name in this business, uh, do you anticipate maybe going to Hollywood at any point in your career or, or considering it at least? Uh, yeah, I've always wanted to visit. Don't know if I want to. <laughs> don't know if I want to go there for a career, but 
I'd love to go visit. All right. Well, tell me a little bit about the season. Uh, we'll get back into the hockey for a bit. Uh, this has been, uh, for you, obviously, a, a busy year. You've, you've been on the ice a lot. You got your first professional goal a handful of weeks ago. That was exciting for you, obviously. And, and now that this, this stretch of games really will decide the season, uh, talk about where your head is at pressure-wise. Do you feel a lot right now, or, or are you really trying to keep an even keel going into these final two games? Uh, you know, you always want to try and keep an even keel, but at the same time, uh, you want to almost bring the energy level up even more um, going into the playoffs because, you know, it's a whole new season and, uh, you know, all the other teams are going to elevate their games for the playoffs mm -hmm. and uh, you want to make sure that you and uh, the rest of your team do the same. Yeah, it's amazing. You talk about how this locker room specifically, uh, that you can't get too high and you can't get too low and it seems like uh, no matter what the situation is, whether uh, what happened on Saturday or, or Saturday night or you have the, one of the best games of the year, uh, at least from a, from a game standpoint, you can't ever really get too far on one end of the spectrum or the other. Is that tough at times? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is tough, especially when you're playing really well or when you're not playing well to, you know, try and, you know, refocus yourself sure. and, you know, stick to the game plan and, you know, play your game. Um, but you just got to, you know, try and work through it. Herb is here and he has questions, I believe, for Carl Hudson. Herb, you can go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be the bad guy. <laughs> Saturday night <laughs> at the 20-minute mark of the third period, what happened uh well you know we were short and uh i was just trying to clear the puck make sure they didn't score the eighth goal <laughs> <laughs> well put and that's what you told joe ernst i don't know who that is <laughs> that's the director of officiating oh no i didn't uh i didn't get a chance to speak to him oh and plead my case <laughs> all right i mean i know that was a question of everybody like what happened so uh but you guys did come back out sunday after laying that gigantic egg on saturday uh thank god it wasn't wasn't hatched but uh the game sunday i watched a little bit of it on b2 i, I didn't travel but there seemed to me more of a, a step in your skating everybody's skating yeah, I, uh, I didn't. Well, I didn't play. Well, I know you didn't yeah, play. Uh, I'm watched, sure you watched it. Yeah, I watched it on B2 as well. And, uh, yeah, it seemed like the guys were really motivated and, uh, you know, to put out a you know a good effort. And we know we needed to win that one, um, you know, if we really wanted to, you know, uh, make playoffs and stuff and give us, a, like, a better chance. So, um, yeah, I thought the, the guys played really well on Sunday. And two other questions. Were you part of the recruiting process for uh, your ex-roomie? Uh, yeah, I gave him a bunch of calls as uh, everything was going down. Um, I told, you know, I told uh, our coach about him, and then he told me to, you know, get his agent's number and stuff. So I did that, and then <laughs> I, I convinced him, saying that we're going to go, you know, all the way this year, <laughs> so he should come here. So are you getting part of his commission? <laughs> no, but I should be. <laughs> and uh, lastly. How, how did you end up here this year? Uh, I uh, signed with Florida in July, and uh, then I had an injury, and then uh, when I was back from my injury, I ended up coming here. Did you expect to stay here, or did you expect maybe getting some call-ups? Uh, I had, you know, I didn't expect anything. I was just coming to play hockey. It's a good answer. Oh, definitely, yeah. But this year, 
playing the entire season down here. Uh, has it been a good ground lay, uh, laying of, a, of groundwork for you to build your career from here and up? Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, I've uh, learned a lot this year, um, played with a lot of good players, and uh, they've helped me, uh, you know, find out what pro hockey is all about. You know, playing with 70 games compared to the 34 we play in college. So uh, the, they've really made the transition easy, and uh, it's uh, really been a good year so far. Yeah. So that's the reason why he has the fresh legs. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, what has been your most improvement in, in, in the area, whatever it may be, from the beginning of the season that you've noticed to now? Uh Probably, I would say, D, like just playing in the D zone, you know, uh, just um, and keeping stuff simple, not trying to do too much. Okay. And your off-season training program, he mentioned it. Can you explain a little bit of what that is? Uh, yeah, well, I, I live with uh, Corey at his house in the summer, and uh, we do uh, conditioning called twist conditioning. So we wake up. Uh, it's five days a week. We wake up like 7.15, go to the gym at 8. Then we're on the ice at 10.15, and then that's the day. Workout from 8 to 10 on the ice from 10.15 to 11.30. The, the uh, twist, what, what's that? Is that part of it's the... Uh, it's what the gym's called. It's a okay. program. Yeah. I thought maybe it was part of the your program, you know, you know, the twisting and stretching. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. You never know, you know. It's worth asking. It's always <laughs> worth asking. Sure. That's my philosophy. Because if this was the 60s, that, that would be a dance. <laughs> you know, some of us can remember that. Sorry, I can't. Okay. <laughs> I'll turn it over to you, Nick. Thank you, Herb. Anything else? Anybody else want to ask a question of, uh, of Carl Hudson? Please stop on by before we welcome in the coach in just a couple of minutes. All right, I, I let him embarrass you a bit. Now it's your turn to answer some questions. All right, uh, I guess we'll just kind of run through the same ones. Favorite TV show for him? Wow. America's Got Talent? Yeah. Really? You don't, have to be, you, don't have to, you don't have to lie for him. Not the best. All right, okay. What is it then? Real world? Okay. Favorite movie of his? Wow. Oh, for two. He's he beat you big time. He doesn't watch movies. No? Okay. All right. So that's, that's actually not a bad answer then. That's not a bad answer. Favorite food? Salad. <laughs> Really? <laughs> All right, salad. so he's one. You're technically smoothies. two for three. Love smoothies. smoothies. All right, okay. What flavor? Uh, flavor? Strawberry banana. Boom. You see, these guys know each other pretty well. Very good. <laughs> Give it up for Carl Hudson, everybody. Thank you for being with us. And I guess there's no other way to, to kind of escort you out than to kind of continue playing your gem. Thanks for being with us. Give it up once again, Carl Hudson. Coming up next, we will have the coach, head coach Jared Scaldi's with us after this on the Coors Light Cyclones Coaches Show. We are back for another segment, the final segment, or at least the final two of this 2010-11 season on the Coors Light Cyclones Coaches Show. So glad you could be with us. Please welcome in the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi. Welcome back. 
Thanks, Nick. I guess you can enlighten uh, us as to why we kind of flip-flop today. It is the beginning of, of baseball season in Little League uh, uh, terms, and, yeah. and Skate's getting into that as well. Yeah, he had his first practice today, so uh, from 6 to 7, so he had to get his BP in before <laughs> we got over here. So that's why we flip-flopped it, and I'm glad I caught the end of that because that was pretty... Uh, pretty intense. Wow. Yeah, some stuff that you, you may not have known about those two, huh? Yeah, I didn't realize they were that close. Yeah, they're... Apparently, I mean, you set them up. It was kind of one of those ah. one of those days today where you're like, "Hey, it's going to be Huddy and 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 our new guy Corey." And I'm like, "All right, two Canisius guys." I had no idea what would happen then. Yeah, I, I just hope Corey has a girlfriend, so we don't have to get worried about these. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. Let's go back to Kalamazoo. Uh, the game Wednesday. Um, obviously, it was the beginning of a four game week for you. Y you knew it was going to be a test at the end of the season. Uh, it's obviously, for those of you that don't have uh, the stats in front of you, it, it really could come down to the very last day. Cincinnati has a four-point lead over Toledo. Uh, Gwinnett, thankfully, has uh, kind of uh, um, sealed their own fate. They're done. Uh, they cannot come back and get in. So it is really a three-team race. Uh, seven, eight, nine are, are really could be shuffled at any point based on what happens this week. Elmira currently has the tiebreaker with Cincinnati for the seventh seed. They have a game in hand. And, uh, of course, Cincinnati with the eighth seed and Toledo with the game in hand, they are four points out. So uh, magic number is at three. That's obviously more for, for myself and for fans than, than for you. You've kind of taken it a game at a time. And now really, I guess it, it comes down to literally one game at a time because uh, as it turns out, Kalamazoo, it looks like they have the three seed. They actually do have it locked up. They could get as high as two, but that would really require some help on the, on the part of the Reading Royals. Tell me about that game last week and the magnitude of a 47-save shutout for Brian Foster. Well, that, I mean, that game was, uh, you know, one of those games that, uh, you know, I, we, we played well enough. Um, uh, you know, I just felt that Kalamazoo came out the way they came out and sustained it for 60 minutes. And, uh, you know, under the circumstance of Brian Foster, you know, leaving Cleveland uh, after the game with Rochester and driving, he got into Kalamazoo at 2.30 in the morning and then, um, you know, was up probably by about 7.30 and... Uh, we got to the rink, and uh, he was absolutely sensational. That was one of the best goaltending performances I've seen. And yep. uh, he, uh, he was great. He kept us in it right to the end. I mean, there was a five-on-three near the end of the game. We had the last two minutes of the game. We killed off a penalty. And, um, you know, he was absolutely terrific. And, uh, you know, that was a much-needed uh, much win and a uh, really emotional win for our guys, especially after coming off a road trip uh, down south and, and then getting right back on the bus and playing Kalamazoo a morning game. And, uh you know, that was, uh, that was a big one. And it certainly was a wild one in the sense that it was, it was obviously out of the, the comfort zone of your normal game day routine. Uh, you get there at 8.30, you, you play at 10.30, and it's in front of a packed house of, of fans who will scream for really anything. If they're told to make noise, they're going to make noise. So it was a loud building. Uh, and certainly at times you kind of felt like, uh-oh, here comes Kalamazoo. Here they come, here they come. And yet again, time and again, uh, Foster has, has stolen the show. In fact, he's a nominee for ECHL Goaltender of the Week after posting the shutout and then obviously ha having a weekend that uh, was once again uh, controlled by him in most aspects. Uh, we'll move forward, I guess, and talk about the weekend as a whole. Uh, you had an opportunity to, to kind of uh, push Toledo by the wayside, but the walleye played like a team that, that was really on the outside looking in. Uh, you pick up two points, much needed on Sunday. I guess we'll break down that game most most efficiently, but I guess as the weekend, kind of break it down for us. Well, you know, I, I, I felt Friday night, that first period we played Friday night was uh, very sluggish. It was, uh, you know, probably one of the worst worst periods we've played in a long time. And, you know, not, not to, you know, you don't give the players excuses, but you kind of expect it after a road trip and, and, and everything that, uh, 
you know, uh, with the travel and stuff. But just, uh, you know, I thought we still had an opportunity to win that game, uh, you know, scoring that goal late. It wasn't our best effort for 60 minutes. I thought the second half of the second period, the first part of the third period, um, you know, we had a couple breakaways there. Dusty Sprout, uh, you know, uh, missing opportunities. Avatel off the crossbar. And, um, you know, we had some great opportunities. But, uh, um, you know, just uh, with that late goal breakdown defensively that Toledo ended up scoring on. And then the next night was just a game that, uh, you know, just unexplainable. I mean, you looked around the league and uh, what was the stat? 25-2, uh, to two, the home team or the visiting team outscored the visiting mm -hmm. teams in, uh, in the Eastern Conference. And uh, unfortunately, we were part of that statistic. And uh, it, was, uh, it was just a frustrating night. And I mean, for everybody, from our goaltenders on out, um, from a fan standpoint, I can't imagine sitting there watching that display on Saturday. But, uh, you know, I think the, the most important thing is how you rebound from a situation like that, a night like that. And, uh, you know, the way the guys came out yesterday afternoon, I thought uh, was another good hard-fought battle. And, uh, you know, everybody contributed. There was guys blocking shots. I think Scott Lehman blocked two shots in one shift mm -hmm. and uh, guys finishing checks and just all the little things that happened. And, I mean, again, Toledo's throwing everything at us. I mean, all three games. I mean, even yesterday, they were coming at us, and you could see their defensemen were up ice all night long just trying to get anything going, and I thought we did a, we did a good job. And, again, Brian played very well, and, like, and everybody else contributed. Everybody contributed in some way yesterday. I think it's interesting to note, and, and for, for those of you that, that haven't been following the team, most of you here obviously have, uh, I think it is remarkable, and you can respond however you want, but, but you've been able to get stuff out of guys, production out of, out of players on this team, uh, that you would never have expected to do so. Uh, I'll, I'll go back to Sam D'Agostino, uh, uh, who started the year as, a, as an afterthought, comes in and becomes a, a difference maker. Christian Manella, a guy that had to, to fight to get a spot on his team. Now he's obviously a guy that was warranted of a, of a trade that to get some quality scoring here. And, and then you bring in a guy like Eric Catalyst, instantly becomes not only a good, solid player, but a utility both at defense and forward. And now, obviously, you bring in a guy uh, like Corey Conacher, and we know what he did in his first game, four points. And just to be able to, to, to kind of pick and choose those sort of players, that's got to be an art. you got to be pleased uh, with what you've been able to get out of the guys you've chosen. Well, you know, I, I think with, with Corey, obviously, there's a lot of interest in him from different teams at our level, the American Hockey League level and stuff. And, um, you know, you're fortunate to have him. Uh, I don't know if I expected uh, four <laughs> points in a game winner in his first DCHL <laughs> game, but uh, um, you know what? Uh, you know, you know, Corey playing two games in Rochester, scoring a goal on Saturday night, and uh, you know, talking to Chuck, he he, uh, he had good things to say. Uh, you know, uh, the way he played and everything like that. But uh, you know, I just thought, um, you know, Corey, uh, what he brought to us on uh, Sunday was. Uh, you know, something special, especially that winning goal. I mean, an individual effort to strip a guy of a puck, pick a puck off, and score a goal top shelf was uh, a great effort. And, um, you know, he's going to compliment our team very well. And uh, uh, I know the guys are excited to have him. I know Carl's excited to have him. <laughs> um, so we're... Uh, we're happy here. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things. It's... Uh, you know, Corey's had a tremendous college career and, uh, you know, many accolades and, and, and different records and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, you, 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 you want a guy to come in and, and, and contribute right away. But uh, the way Corey made an impression on uh, this hockey team was uh, pretty special. Yeah, you mentioned the honors. He was uh, a four-year player there and was a second-team Atlantic All-American. They're an all-team player in 0-10-0-11 this past season. He's also the second player in the program's history to be selected to the all-conference team 
twice. So he certainly has some, some accolades from in his college days, and we're certainly expecting and hope all the same from him here. What, um, what's Carl got for uh, accolades at Canisius? Let's see. Let's go back and see. All the way to the top. He's the first one. He was a 34-point scorer in his senior season, 90 career points in 132 games, and he led all defensemen last season with 34 points and 120 pims. It is fair to note that it kind of goes under the radar. He's also uh, towards the top in the ECHL in pims as well, among rookies, among rookies, <laughs> among rookies. Nice job, buddy. I think you had to deserve a round of applause as well. Uh, all right. Now, one, one more thing, I guess, before we move along and kind of look forward. Herb has some questions as well uh, that we'll get into. But the roster, uh, a little bit changed over the next couple of days. Uh, what it'll look like Friday, uh, I guess, could be anybody's guess at this point. Uh, TJ Fast goes up, and then there are a couple of bumps and bruises that may change the way things look on Wednesday morning. Give us uh, the latest. Yeah, well, TJ Fast has been called up. He flew out to Manitoba this morning or this afternoon, and, uh, you know, they come back on Thursday. We may get him on Friday. We don't know. Um, Dusty Sprout's going to be out for the year with a knee injury. Um, uh, Brady Callum may play on uh, Wednesday. Uh, Eric Catalyst had to get an MRI on his hip today. We're not, uh, we're not sure exactly. He definitely won't be playing the next two games. Um, you know, and besides that, you know, Lehman's uh, shoulders, uh, in a, he's actually got a brace that he's playing with. So, you know, he's doing a heck of a job out there all he can. Dan Eves uh, probably shouldn't have played yesterday, but because of the numbers and stuff, he's playing. He's uh, got a variety of issues and stuff. So, um, you know, we're in a, we're in a tough, tough situation with injuries and that, and we're going to miss uh, Sproder. But, uh, you know, this team uh, all, all year, especially when we got into situations when we're down and uh, down to our numbers, guys just found a way. You know, every single guy is chipped in, whether offensively, defensively, or whatever it's taken. So, you know, we need guys to step up and, um, and, and fill, those, fill those holes. I mean, it's tough to fill a role of Dustin Sprode at this time of year, but, um, you know, we're going to need people to chip in, and everybody's going to have to contribute in some way. Herb has a question from the crowd. Herb, you go ahead. Uh, with Corey being released from the tryout contract by Rochester and then signed by you, Will he be able to be qualified for playoffs? Yeah, it's an amateur, any amateur. You don't have to play five games. So, um, you know, it's a, a professional has to play five games for us. So if anybody that was in Rochester needed to come here for the first five games, Corey's uh, considered an amateur. So uh, uh, once his immigration is filed here in the next couple of days, then he will be um, uh, signed to a contract. Any other questions for the coach? At this time, no. If anybody else has one last question, remember this is the last show of 2010-2011 as the playoffs will be hopefully upon us next week. You will have your last chance to ask that question now, and I think we have one, and we can have him ask that question now. Go ahead. Coach, what would it have taken for you to put in your uh, emergency goalie at Kalamazoo last game? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. It would have taken about four guys to carry Foster off the ice before <laughs> Nick got uh, Nick got net. But, uh, no, it was great. I mean, you know, not, and Nick understands, too, is that, you know, whenever Nick's come into practice with us this year, we'll be in, our, in the coach's office, and you always know when Nick walked in because you hear the roar of the, of the team. The, the whole dressing room just erupts when Nick walks in with his gear on. So, you know, it's the same thing, guys watching Nick get dressed in Kalamazoo, and it's, uh, you know, it's just something different to see him in the room putting That's his pads on. And, 
you know, it, it's, it's, it gets the guys excited. They get a little fired up and uh, getting ready for warm. You can hear them going like, let's go, Nick, and come on, have a yeah, good warm-up and stuff. So, that was something else. So it was, um, it was great for me. It was funny to, you know, look down the ice and see Nick on the end of the bench there. And uh, <laughs> I think I held my own with the door. I didn't, get, I didn't have any job. problems. No too many amount in the ice penalties. No, 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 no. no, no caught legs. No, and uh, uh, I, I just like how Nick came out for the start of the game still wearing his helmet and came and stood on the bench with his helmet on. It was like, tell Nick to take his helmet off. He's a, <laughs> you know, it was my first chance, and I really didn't want to get hit in the face with yeah, a puck. So you did a good job, Nick. Thank you, thank you. Hey, Mike. Mike, hey, two question. questions. Yeah. First one, any chance Nick gets his own player tee next season? Uh, uh, <laughs> Parsons? Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> no sponsor would pay for that. Not a chance. And uh, two, uh, more seriously, with the, the injuries and bumps and bruises, uh, wheeling wave Sam D'Agostino today. Any chances uh, he's reclaimed? Uh, it's, it's been a, on a pro uh, thought process all day. Um, we've, we, ha uh, we haven't made that decision yet. Uh, you know, we have till five o'clock tomorrow. Obviously, um, you know, we'll we'll revisit it tomorrow just to see once, you know, we see Cal on the ice and kind of see where we're at with some of our injuries. Um, and, you know, we can't claim until five o'clock. And if we do, uh, we, you know, we'd expect them to be in Kalamazoo for uh, tomorrow morning. So, so you guys know there is a possibility that Sam Dagasino could be back. We'll have all the latest on our Facebook page, Twitter, and, of course, at CycloneTalkie.com. So, be sure to check those outlets as we get closer to the deadline. Go ahead, Herb. What happens if uh, Chet's equipment mysteriously disappears oh, before yeah. Wednesday again? Oh, we won't. It's going to be on that. It's, on, it's under lock and key at the <laughs> ring. So. I mean, you want to talk about a stressful, stressful situation. You, you, you show up on a Tuesday morning, and uh, Brian Foster's called up, and Chet <laughs> can't find his equipment. So... Huh. No, no offense, but our number one option was Nick Brunker. So, hey um, I think we all were kind of going, what is going to happen now? Yeah, and really it was <laughs> a situation where how was this going to be able to play out? And, Definitely. you know, the, the worst thing is we got a, I got an email from uh, Rochester. They're flying Foster to uh, Cleveland, and then they're going to try to find a way to get him Kalamazoo. We finally said, you know, why doesn't he just drive to Cleveland and then drive to Kalamazoo? And, you know, it, it, it worked out, obviously, you know, the way he played and stuff. Not the ideal situation, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a crazy couple hours there figuring how are we going to get into Kalamazoo, especially with a 10-30 game. That just limits our, our opportunity to bring people in. And, mm -hmm. and to be honest, there's not a, a number one goalie sitting around right now at home waiting for that call, you know. So it's like... You know, it was. It, it, we're glad it worked out, and um, you know, we'll have both our goalies for uh, <laughs> uh, Wednesday in Kalamazoo. Well, and the other thing that was kind of funny about the situation, we went down to the restaurant when we got in, because of course we had we had practice uh, Tuesday afternoon, like we will tomorrow, and then then drive up to Kalamazoo. We got in, and, and the plan was for me not to actually dress. He uh, he told me to put my stuff on the on the bus, which. Uh, I, I was pumped up about, just to be quite honest. And so we get up there, and, and then you get a call, or you called one of your, your old buddies who uh, actually was a first-round draft pick back in the uh, 1980s, and he lives up in Lansing, is that right? Yeah, J Jason Mazzotti. I called. Uh, he lives in uh, East Lansing, and I was like, not that he could go, and he's 40, uh, 43 years old. I don't think he's put the pads on in a couple of years and stuff, but uh, we were going to have Mazzotti coming. I think he was a first-round draft pick of the Calgary Flames in 1987. Slightly, so. Slightly more reliable than me. 
but uh, slightly. So yeah, he was going to come back up uh, for for Foster, and then uh, because of the bad weather, he called me at eight in the morning. Was like, hey, uh, he was going to take his kids to school and then drive to Kalamazoo for the game. <laughs> and uh, he called and said, hey, school's canceled. I can't back up for you. My I got to watch my kids today. So I was like, it literally was the perfect storm. How could this happen? And then it was like, all right, Bronx, <laughs> you're ready to go. And I was thinking to myself, and I knew it wasn't going to happen, but it figured it, it would figure that that would be the day that something happens and. And knock on wood that it never does, but Foster goes down. That would be the day after all of that, after all the little pieces and the moving parts. But luckily it didn't, and we won one nothing. You stopped 47 shots in practice the other day. No. Out of a 400. Okay, you're right. You're right. Correct. Out of 400. Exactly. (laughs) Shots. Percentage. My state percentage was about one. All right. We got to take a timeout on that. No, we'll come back and preview the games. Two huge ones that have playoff implications. We will discuss that next as we wrap up our final Coors Light Coaches show in just a moment. It is our very last segment this season for the 2010-2011 Coors Light Cyclones Coaches Show. Thank you so much for being a part of the show throughout the course of this season. And we, of course, want to thank our host, the Great American Sports Cafe, for doing an outstanding job. Candy, Willie, everybody else uh, involved with getting this off the ground. We appreciate that very much. And uh, we look forward to, to hopefully doing it again uh, in 2011-2012. couple things to note for Friday. It is Fan Appreciation Night presented by City Barbecue. Uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. There is a post-game party at GameWorks. So with bucket specials, plenty of autograph stuff to give away. The whole team's going to be there. It is going to be an awesome night at GameWorks after uh, our game on Friday night, 730, with uh, pregame coverage in case you can't make it for whatever the reason on the Cyclones uh, Radio Network. Some notes also about some of the giveaways. In addition to dollar hot dogs, Dollar pizza, uh, dollar soda, and 50-cent popcorn that we're going to be giving away all kinds of stuff. Uh, limited or not limited to, but including uh, a cooler full of stuff from 7-Up Dr. Pepper. Two weeks of day camps at Cincinnati Sports Camps in Mason. One year's worth of gift certificates from City Barbecue uh, and a bunch of other stuff. Actually, some hometown sports collectibles things, as well as some uh, five pieces of, of uh, collectibles, one of which is a signed uh, an autographed uh, picture, I believe, of Todd Frazier from the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, a year's worth of pizza from Donato's. Uh, you name it, we're going to be giving it away. So uh, tell a friend, tell six others, and uh, be with us on Friday night. If you don't have your tickets, you can, of course, get them cyclonshockey.com or by calling 421-PUCK, uh, extension 3. So uh, plenty more to get to between now and the top of the hour. Only a few minutes to do it. Two games against Kalamazoo. It's been the adage every time we have sat down over the last three weeks, uh, and that is one game at a time. Um, I guess there's really nothing more than you can uh, can think about, you can do, but, but take it one game at a time. Uh, you can clinch a playoff spot officially with two wins against Kalamazoo, uh, but you can also do so with a win and a Toledo loss. The magic number is three. Um, what's your mentality going in? It's a, it's a tough place to play. It has been all year. That's not going to change. Uh, what are you thinking going in? Well, you know, I think it, it's just that energy level. We've got to come in there and believe that we can go in there and win a hockey game. Um, you know, we, we can't look... Uh, Look to the past of our, our, our you know, uh, we had a great effort there last time. We've struggled up there uh, throughout the year. And, um, you know, we're, we're just look, going there looking for an effort. I mean, we, we, we need people to step up. We need guys that maybe aren't playing in situations they're used to have to step up. And, uh, you know, we've got guys playing off, off wings and defensemen playing, you know, right-handers playing left side in different situations. But, uh, you know, we need everybody to contribute and just need that effort. And uh, it's amazing when the guys pull together and they – they have that attitude in the room, that, that, that togetherness. It just uh, it, it bleeds onto the ice, and it's, uh, it's amazing to see when the guys start uh, 
start believing in each other in those, those games like the Wednesday. It's just going to take a, a team effort from everybody. This is going to be a, a series, really a, a two-game stretch, but specifically Wednesday in that kind of interesting time period where you get in early. Same routine. As much as I think we both were kind of like, why did it have to be two weeks of 10-30 games? At the same time, having won a game there last week, maybe it works to the benefit that you've had a routine. You've kind of gone through that motion before, so it's not all of a sudden, ooh, a 10-30 game. It's nothing that it's that out of the ordinary because you just did it. Well, and also my, my thought was on this is, you know, ideally I don't think you want to play 10, 30 in the morning games, but I kind of like the idea of practicing tomorrow and getting on the bus, getting up there for a good meal, and then uh, everybody's in the hotel together and, and we go to the game. Uh, you know, what we usually do is we'll leave about 1130 from here and bus five and a half hours, get off the bus and play. And, uh, you know, I, I know from, uh, from, a, from the player standpoint, that's not ideal. Um, you know, obviously we got great, great travel. We got a great bus and everything like that. But to sit on a bus for five and a half hours and get off and play, I think uh, you know, I kind of like what I kind of liked what happened last week. Obviously, getting the win, <laughs> but um, you know, I think it's a good day tomorrow. We can uh, we'll have a good skate and get on that bus and uh, and then uh, go from there. Get get together tomorrow night and uh, get ready to go for uh, Wednesday morning. Let's touch on special teams one more time before we wrap things up. It is fair to note that, that Brian Foster, who is a nominee for ECHL Goaltender of the Month, I don't know if you heard that on your way in or if we said that before you arrived, he has uh, a 242 goals against average this month. He is now uh, the winningest goaltender in, a month, in the month of March uh, since the Cyclones resumed play in 2006-2007. He has now started in 11 consecutive games. It'll be 12 on Wednesday. Uh, and, and he's a big reason why not only that you've won, but your penalty kill has been as good as it has. Uh, on the road especially, you're, you're tracking somewhere in the uh, 80% range away from home uh, over your last 15 games or so. And against Keizu, uh, the, the ECHL's second best power play, uh, you've held them to, to just about uh, 14%, which isn't all that great. Uh, it's going to be, I would imagine, for you extremely important to make sure you stay disciplined and you don't take penalties, especially with the numbers you're looking at. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we, we stress a lot. You don't want to be in the penalty box, especially against a team like Kalamazoo. And, you know, as you guys see every night, it's not, uh, it's not always our, uh, our choice how <laughs> things so, play out. So but, true. Um, you know, I mean, even last night there was some calls that were just, uh, you know. Borderline uh, yeah, ridiculous. Just, you know, some hooks and stuff. And, but, you know, that's out of our control. It, happened, it can be in your, work in your favor either way. So, you know, we definitely have to stay out of the box against Kalamazoo. They, uh, their power play is very deadly. So, you know, we got to look at all those areas of the game. And uh, the bottom line is we need two points. Just win, baby, win. You got it, Nick. Two games left. We hope to see you on Friday night for Fan Appreciation Night as the Cyclones push for the playoffs. We hope that you follow along as we'll be on the air Wednesday morning at 10.15 with the puck dropping at 10.30 in the morning. For head coach Jared Scaldi, for Carl Hudson, and for Corey Conacher, and for everybody that has showed up, give yourselves a round of applause for being here all year long. We appreciate it. This has been the Coors Light Cyclones Coaches Show, and we'll see you Friday night at U.S. Bank Arena. Good night, everybody.